Welcome to the Grow Your Clinic podcast. My name is Ben Lynch. Today, I'm joined by a good friend, business partner, and colleague, Peter Flynn. Pete is a physiotherapist by trade. He and Andrew, his business partner, operate PhysioFit in Adelaide. They also lead iMoveU, helping young practitioners develop their skills and communication abilities so that they can infuse more experience in the years and better take care of their clients. Today, Pete and I talk about culture days. You might have another word for it in your clinic, but essentially a half day or a full day where you and the team get together to connect, to share stories, to brainstorm, to think big and plan for what you're about to embark on as a team. We share some of the practical insights around running these days. We address some of the concerns you might have about investing in wages and shutting down the clinic for a period of time. And we also capture what are some of the key elements you need to have in your culture day for it to be a success now and into the future. Let's dive in. This is the Grow Your Clinic podcast from Clinic Mastery. We help progressive health professionals to lead inspired teams, transform client experiences, and build clinics for good. Now, it's time to grow your clinic. Let's talk culture days, Pete. This is something that you love doing, you love presenting, you love facilitating and hosting. You've just come off the back of a couple very recently. For those that aren't aware of a culture day, or at least our terminology for what a culture day is, what is a culture day? I think it's a little bit different to, to everyone. I think culture day is such an all-encompassing term that I guess clinic mastery has coined. I believe so anyway, actually. That was the first time I've We'll take it. it. We'll take it. (laughs) We'll definitely take that one. We invented the word water too. Um, (laughs) But to us, it's about getting the team together to focus on the culture of the team, uh, as the name would suggest, but also the goals and getting the team on board and aligned towards a common goal. And to us, that's what a culture day is. It's a learning experience. It's a team bonding experience. And most of all, it's fun. We're getting the team together. We're having Mm. fun. We're rewarding and celebrating for the achievements we've had and we're looking forward to the future for where we're going. Mm, that's a really great way to put it quite simply. I find connection is one of the mm. more important things that's a little intangible, but certainly a highly valuable outcome of the day. To that point around having an outcome, I often get asked from clinic owners, as I'm sure you do, is from an owner, how much they need to have a specific outcome before they go into the day versus allowing things to perhaps unfold on the day and kind of see where it goes. You know, they don't want to feel like they're just dictating the whole day and uh, there's no magic of collaboration or masterminding or or those sorts of things. Mm. So how do you best prepare someone, in particular a a leader, a clinic owner, to have an objective or an outcome? What do some of those things look like? It's a little bit of a mix, really. Mm. And I think it really comes down to what area we're working on with the business owner or the leader that we're working with there. And also their comfort with the predictability or the unpredictability of the outcome and how they may like to think on their feet to a certain degree. Mm. We've got some people who love being spontaneous and they're like, "I, I do not want an outcome going there. I want to see how people are going. I want to see what happens. And they're able to think on their feet and roll with it. And they're happy with whatever outcome comes. And that's amazing. That's completely up to them. 
Yeah. And then there's other business owners who they've got a general idea or general direction where they want it to go. Mm. And with that, we're able to lead discussion towards that point. You know, that's going to be the foundations, but we mm. have a lot of extra input from the whole team. And occasionally, look, we as business owners can get way too stuck on one idea. And that's where we come in and we're able to helping pull people back and go, that's one way of doing it. However, if we just tell people, this is what we're doing, we're most likely not going to get the kind of buy-in. Mm. So is it okay if we get it to 90, 95% of this, but your team's able to come and, and they're the ones that pick this answer. They're the ones that pick this outcome in conjunction with you and your goals. So that's, that's probably the three distinctions I'd make there, but anything you'd add to that one? Yeah, I love that in particular, because we do host these Mm. with and slash on behalf of clinic owners who actually want to be active within it rather than worrying about the logistics, you know, behind the scenes and running the day, they can actually be part of the experience. I love the point there around, I guess, relevance in that what the clinic is working on right now slash over the next couple of months kind of really tie into the culture day, a central theme that almost catalyzes or galvanizes the team or, or the ideas moving forward. Absolutely. I think that's a, a good way to look at it. And probably the biggest thing that we help with is zooming out and going, you know, what's the bigger picture here? Because as the business owner, as we all know, we, we're way too close most yeah. of the time. And having that external person to help you zoom out and you can be more involved rather than running it, you know, day to day being the practitioner that day, it's kind of nice. Pete, we've done a lot of these over time internally ourselves in our own businesses, but also facilitated them Hmm. in all the years that we've kind of had culture days and CM was almost founded off the back of it when uh, (laughs) it was done with ProFeet and Dan and I facilitated that for Shane and the team. I've never heard anyone say that it was a waste of time or money or resources. Hmm. And I mean that because in preparation for a culture day, I often get a lot of clinic owners saying, oh, like I'm going to close down the clinic for a half day or a full day. I'm going to pay wages for a half day or a full day. And it feels like a big commitment. You know, sure, mm-hmm. it's worth it. But on the other side, I've never heard anyone say that it has not been worth it. In fact, many clinics seeing kind of record growth afterwards because of the connection of their team, the kind of call to action, if you would, following it. But just on a practical perspective, for those clinics that think maybe I'll do this myself, two things often come up. Number one, how much time do I need at a minimum to do a quality culture day? Is it Mm. a half day, a full day? Could I do it over a lunch break? And then the extension of that for those that are maybe got team members that are part-time or casual or even contractors and going, well, how do we get people to commit to come in a day they don't normally work, etc. So two parts there. The first part, mm. how much time would you say they need to do it to give it justice? To me, I think, and maybe I talk really slowly, but four hours I would say is yep. the minimum time because we want to get people out of the mindset of being day to day within the, you know, seeing clients. We don't want them to rush from seeing clients, spend two hours and go see clients again. I feel like you almost, there's so much distraction there. Mm. For me, it's, it's being able to get there, have clarity, being able to slow down, relax, have fun with people, do some team building, maybe have a bit of food, maybe have a few drinks. I couldn't do that in less than four hours. To us, ideally, it's, it's six to seven hours and how we structure ours 
at PhysioFit is, is different maybe to how other people do theirs. I'll share with you very quickly. We typically do three hours, three to four hours in the morning where we're working on things together. We're working on appreciating where we've come and been grateful, looking at where we want to be going and who wants to have what responsibilities within that. We do breakfast there. Then we take people out for a nice lunch. We pay for all of this. And then yeah. in the afternoon, it's an activity and an experience. And nice. We do ours on a Sunday and yeah. that makes people hate it less, even though they come into work on a Sunday and do that. Yes. Because yeah, there is a little bit where we are, I guess, doing work stuff, but it's not seeing clients. It's that strategy. It's that high level stuff. And then moving nice. into great lunch and then going, we did project break last time, which where you just go smash shit. It was awesome. Oh, right. Like a room where you actually physically go hit things. Yeah. 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 Cause I was going to ask when you mm. said, you know, we'll do an experience of some sort. That's mm. the type of thing you're talking about or that someone might do laser tag or tendon yeah. bowling or, yeah, yeah. you know, a roof climb or you're doing <laughs> something as a team that is yes. experiential. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. And uh, then to the second part of that question, never ask two questions at the same time, Ben. But <laughs> the second part of that is when you've got team members that work in different capacities, yes, yeah. getting them to come along and see value in coming in on a day they don't work as an example, or even paying people to come when you've got to close the clinic down mm. or on a weekend, possibly. How do you go about, you know, getting those people on board and especially helping a clinic owner then get those people on board to come? I find it interesting and almost paradoxical here. Because when I look at those clinics and I say, when you have like a team drinks, does everyone come? And they're like, shit, yeah. Yeah. And I ask, is that within work time? They're like, no, of course not. Yeah. And then we do a similar sort of team bonding here. And I say, does everyone want to come? And they're like, absolutely not. How can I expect them to come? They're not getting paid for it. And it's those two discrepancies there. And what I like to encourage them, right, to try and talk to the team is, we're trying to take this experience of going out with a team and spending time with the team. We're distilling it into a slightly different form, but we're going to cater everything. You know, normally yeah. when you go out for drinks, you're paying for drinks. We're paying for all the drinks, all the food. Mm. And we, I encourage clinic owners to spoil them, to show yeah. them gratitude, to say thank you, so that they look forward to these. In the famous words of Shane Davis, just don't be a tight ass with that one. Really yeah. look at that spoiling your team because one. if you can do that, they'll look forward to it. And like we were talking about before, if they're on board with the vision, if they're involved in that planning, you're much more likely to be successful. Mm. And we might talk a couple thousand dollars for a reasonably sized, large team for a uh, culture day. But if you are a one, two, three mil worth business, what is that? Understandable. I, I think that everyone that comes into CM, we say within the first three to six months, you really need to make sure you've got a culture day planned. It is such an important event for connecting the team and, and catalyzing a lot of the changes that you're rolling out in terms of the culture and the alignment and engagement. To that, Pete, and I know you're a specialist in a couple of areas in terms of themes of the day, but mm. maybe before we go into your area of expertise, what are some of the underlying themes of culture days that mm. you've seen or been part of delivering and that listeners could contemplate doing? Good question. I'm just going to jump back one second just to say one more thing on that that just popped to my mind. How yep. I explain it to clinic owners when I first work with them and they're thinking about doing a culture day is the importance is you're the captain of the ship. And if you don't have all the other people in the ship working together, 
you're not going to get anywhere, even if you're doing all this work on your business yourself. And the culture that brings those people and aligns them in that common direction so you can sail that boat. You can't do it by yourself and you can't do it without a culture day. It's a great parallel. So just back to your other question, which was the different themes of the day. Yeah. Now we can be looking at planning and this can be planning for the team members. It can be planning for the clinic. And I think these go and mesh very well together. We can look at values. So we can look at our painted picture, our core purpose and our values. And I think that's a a really nice tie in, especially if you don't have core values that your current team has made, or if they're quite outdated and they're not in your language, they're kind of respect, trust, honesty kind of thing. It's not really your language. It's not actions that you can uphold to, to really live out how you want people to, to show up each day in the clinic. One of my favorites, obviously, is communication. And I love yeah. deep diving into that because how we communicate, the relationships we build, it's the foundation for everything we do in business, everything we do in healthcare, I believe. So that's a, a really good one. We've done ones where mm. the purpose is just solely connection. I know after yes. you know, 2020 and COVID and such a fractured team, you know, working mm. from home, et cetera, that connection is perhaps one of the, the themes that you can have where really just the intention is, to deepen personal relationships, getting to know one another a little bit more, perhaps going through some vulnerability. And then I think in those more advanced teams, they're looking at vulnerability, radical candor, those sort of tougher conversations to really elevate them as a collective and, and accelerate their progress. Yeah. So when you talk about communication, Mm. something you're passionate about, you know, you do a lot of work behind the scenes in upskilling on it. As a clinic owner, what does that look like? Because I can understand and appreciate it, but am I going to run an entire day on it? There must be some real tangible value behind what those clinic owners have then seen in the communication framework that you use on those culture days. So give us an insight, like what specifically do you go through? I start the day with six quotes, six of my favorite quotes in communication. And I finish the day with the same six quotes and we reflect on how we can integrate each of these six into clinical practice. Right. I'll share with you the quotes. Uh, the first one is, good speakers sound intelligent. Great speakers make everyone around them feel more intelligent. Mm. And relate that back to what we do in the clinic. Our job is not to sound intelligent. Our job is to help the person who comes in the patient feel like they're in the driver's seat and they can really understand. And when we're using language that makes them feel a little silly or stupid or condescending, And we can do that very easily by using words they don't understand. Right. The smarter we make that person feel and the more we acknowledge what they're bringing and their understanding of their own body and their story, the more that that person is going to feel heard and the more they're going to want to come back. Because we've all talked to someone before who's talked down on us Mm. and it doesn't feel good. And then you talk to that person who's an expert in their field and every time they talk to you, you walk out of there feeling smarter. Like you were really smart. Yes, yes. I, I've had that experience mm. actually mm. when our son Tommy, he had yeah. to have some surgery as, as a youngster. And, you know, we got recommended to the quote unquote, mm. the best of the best. I walked in, it was like arrogant, blunt. Mm. Like I felt stupid asking questions. And then we actually went to the person down the hallway in the same building, someone else who also came highly regarded. And you just felt so included. So that makes a lot of sense. The second one is, and it's from a brilliant book, become wildly interested in other people. And this is from how to win friends and influence people. And again, the more interested we can become in that person with that person in front of us, 
And the more we can understand about them and the more we can get them talking about the things that they're passionate about, the things that they love, the more likely we're going to build rapport. And we know that building rapport is one of the most important things in healthcare, Mm. not just for that person to come back, but actually for the results they receive. And there's incredible research and data behind this. That really speaks to also the meaningful goals Mm. that we're trying to perhaps elicit when a patient comes in and understanding their interests and hobbies. Isn't that cool? Love it. The other ones? Number three is be kind first, be right later. (laughs) And this is from a Japanese philosopher. And essentially what he says is, is be kind first, be right later. And, And often we get in a conversation and we see that the other person, we know more than them. And I'll use the example in healthcare of maybe someone's coming in and they've got these poor beliefs around degeneration, et cetera, in their back or whatever. So rather than us going, hey, actually, that's wrong. You're wrong. Your worldview, your perspective, your 45 years on this earth and everything you know, and your doctor and your other health professional that told you all of this stuff that you like and trust, you're all wrong. Okay. But that's good because you're not going to be in pain. But the problem is they've put up their barriers because we've told them they're wrong. It's coming from a great place. Mm. We told them they're wrong. Instead, can we flip that? Can we be kind first? Can we start to understand this person's worldview? Can we be curious? Understand why they see the world the way they do. That's really powerful. Now, they, they may be very negative beliefs. So we may need to change that. But changing that in the first session before we build rapport, when you disagree with someone and you tear down that worldview, it's painful. Mm. So be kind first, right. be yeah. right later. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love how sort of short these are. They're quite memorable as well and, and easy then to action. There's three more. The patient will never care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think this just speaks volumes to everything we said before and exactly your story. You didn't care how good this guy was because he yeah. didn't seem to care about you. Yeah, totally. And when you're going to see someone, you, you want to know that this person cares about you and has your best interest at heart. So that one, the next one is become a world-class listener, Robin Sharma. Again, listening is a skill and it's probably one of the hardest skills on earth to truly do well. And listening is not just the words, it's, it's how they say it, it's their body language, it's all those little things together. And when you nail all those things together and you're a really great active listener, the, the information you get from someone is incredible. And how mm-hmm. I see that in, in what we do as healthcare practitioners and in anything we do, right, is if we're not a great listener and we don't ask great questions, we're trying to put a puzzle together with only half the pieces. If we can ask better questions and we can become great listeners and people feel I guess, comfortable to open up with us. Then from that, we get more pieces of that puzzle and we can put that together more simply. And I'm sure you've seen this working with so many people in business over time, just being a really great listener. Yeah. One of the skills that, you know, I'm, I'm constantly challenged to develop. I feel like it's, it is so important and I, I'd say I'm still very much on the learning journey of, of doing that. But I love that quote as well. These are all so relatable as health professionals as well. So I could see how you're delivering this culture day that people yeah. are starting to run it through their filter and go, I could really apply some of these things. And we could also explore them as a team. What are the systems, the, the procedures we need to have behind the scenes to facilitate these things from happening? So you got another one? The last one is communication is less about what you say and more about what the other person hears. And that's from Vin Jang. And what that means is that it's not what, what I say, it's how that person interprets what I say. And it's an incredibly large part of what we do as healthcare practitioners because we know that pe- most people misinterpret what we say. 
there's data around this. And so how can we communicate in a way that we might think that we've done a great job, but does the other person and how can we improve that? How can we make sure that rather than just verbalizing things, verbalizing it in a way that they can understand, but also writing it down in what we might call a management plan, because again, it's less about what you say more about what that person hears and understands. And these are the first six quotes. We go into lots of detail around each of these, the research behind it, world examples, case studies. And then at the end, we reflect back on these quotes and we go, all right, well, what's one or two things as a team we're going to commit to improving on under each of these? Like what are one or two tangible That's things? That's a great way to do it. Yeah. So you're nailing it down. You're making sure there's mm. practicality when people walk away. Yep. Yeah. And we also have a bit of fun. We do some of the kind of exercises that you might do as a speaker in order to maybe improve your fluency dictation. Would you like to try one? I can try. Okay. You can try. So it's which wristwatches are Swiss wristwatches. And you have to say as fast as you can six times through. If I can remember it. <laughs> I'll bring it up for you so you can see it. This is... That is great. I was doing a podcast a while back with Roger Love, a communications expert, and he also put me on the spot and said, "All right, Ben, we're going to do we're going to do some exercises." So I got to look out for who I'm interviewing here. Oh, you do. Here goes, Pete. Which wrist watches are Swiss wrist watches? Faster Which... now. <laughs> that was hard enough. Which wrist watches are Swiss? Which <laughs> Which, which, oh, I'm done. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. They say this is one of the hardest ones in, in the English language. And we had a lot of fun with that on the day we, with the team. We get everyone up, we get outside our comfort zone. And then we talk through totally. what this teaches you and how to get better at this and what to focus on in order to be yep. able to get yep. that pronunciation out better. So, and then you can be like, which wristwatches are Swiss wristwatches and go through really fast. But cool. It's just practice and it. Because a lot of people fear, especially if they're going to talk in front of you know, a large group of people tripping over their words. Yeah. And that usually comes when we're being lazy with our mouth. And this helps mm. us to not be so lazy. Terrific. Well, I won't be so lazy next time. I'll have to practice <laughs> here, Pete. Uh, that's awesome. I, I really love how you're making it practical so mm. that people, you know, amongst that strategic high level thinking, as you mentioned yeah. earlier, is almost an intention for a culture day, you know, it's to get out of the day-to-day -day grind, but there's also an element of pragmatism as well that we're going, yeah. Hey, what are the actions off the back of the things that we've spoken about over the last few hours in our culture day? I love that. That's awesome. And so relatable, the, the communication style of theme. I've traditionally found that if people are looking for their first mm. one to do that, um, so that core values, core purpose, a painted picture style of theme has been a really great place to start. It almost sets then the tone mm. for the future ones, but the communication one sounds perfect for people who are looking to really advance their client experience. And also I see this being in integral to the clinic owner facilitating change, you know, rolling yeah. out change with their communication style. So makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Man. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing the insights there about, uh, you know, culture days and some of the key things you need to consider to do them and, and do them well, but also the themes and in particular, the communications theme as well. For those that are listening for our wonderful members, if you'd love to have Pete, 
do a culture day for you or any of the CM team, please reach out. And also we do offer them in limited amounts for the broader community. We like to prioritize members first, but please do reach out to uh, Ben at clinicmastery.com and, and we can organize that for you. Pete, thank you for dropping some wonderful wisdom pearls. My pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. You can catch all the notes over at clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. And we look forward to seeing you on another episode of the Grow Your Clinic podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Grow Your Clinic podcast. To find out more about past episodes or how we can help you, head to www.clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. And please remember to rate and review us on your podcast player of choice. See you on the next episode.